Um, but I wanted to share a quick message to you all. Uh, ushers, go ahead and just readjust yourselves real quickly. Uh, I'm going to just share this thing, and I'm going to get out of here just so that we can uh, move forward in our moment. And uh, I know uh, parents, well, you don't have to pinch that kid. I don't want you to pinch him. I don't want you to pinch him. Um, but we thank God so much for our, Give our children a hand. They're already obedient. They're going to they gonna listen. They're going to focus. We got some of them in here, and I want to make sure that they know um, that we love them and we appreciate them so good. Um, would you pray with me right now? Father, we just thank you right now for this moment, this opportunity, God, that we've gathered. Do let the words that will come from my mouth and the motives of my heart be acceptable unto you, God, for you are my strength, my redeemer. God, I thank you for every generous soul here today, them and their family. I know already that you're able to do, God, well beyond our measures, and we thank you in advance for just doing what you do and how you do it. And God, we just say, God, have your way in our life. Be all that we need for whatever situation we're facing. I also ask that you comfort the hearts of those that may have lost loved ones and uh, missing that loved one as well during this, this season. We know grief is real, and you are real as well. And so, God, the same hand that you may have received that loved one with, God, we ask that your other hand will provide comfort and strength for us all. And God, we are so grateful. We are thankful for your word today. Why? Because it's your word that makes us new, your word that teaches us about you. So make it clear and make it plain. In Jesus' name, would you say real quickly, amen. amen. Give God a praise if you don't mind right there. <clears throat> We've had a phenomenal week of prayer and fasting Man, I want to thank you all in advance for your um, testimonies and your text messages and all the things that, that you've shared with me. And some people, man, they just experienced some things like recently. Like, you know, they may have saw other folks getting blessed or, you know, receiving things or hearing testimonies and may have thought you were left out. But I'm here, I'm here to let you know that God did not leave you out. Amen that he has something in store. We got up to this moment uh, for God to still move in your life. And I pray that you understand that the purpose of our time together was for God to work on you. Somebody shout, work on me. So we, fed, we fast, we prayed, we feasted on God's word. And this week, we've experienced so much from God. We have seen so many expressions of emotions and experiences and impartation but the consistent conversation that we have been having during this time as we prepare for the next season is more would you shout with me more and that's what I want you to understand well it's just not a word that rhymes but a word that we should remember that God not only is willing to do more for us but he also requires more from us the word of God lets us know and reassures us all the time that to much is given, much is required or expected. But I want you to know that God expects so much more from us because there's so much more life left in us. Like this season has shown us, and I know it for me personally, how God has so much more in us, which lets me know how much more he has in store for us. So we all desire more. However, I hope that we desire more of a deeper understanding and also more of what God requires of us. So this week we started off with asking God to reveal to us more of his spirit. 
You know, we started on Sunday night and Monday, Tuesday, and we discussed really understanding how Holy Spirit operates and he does things in and through our life. And I hope that you all understood how to not have to run after it, but how it rests and rules in our life. How Holy Spirit is such an intimate part of our nature and our relationship with God. But not only did we talk about learning more of his spirit, we also asked God to make us more sensitive. Not just walking around with like our feelings on our shoulders, but to be more aware and more cognitive of who God is. Like not just walking around and not knowing that. I saw it even happen even in this moment today where when, when things shifted or moments happened, you did not forsake the opportunity to exercise your sensitivity to God. You could have been worried about what everyone else was doing or not doing, but in those moments when you experience Holy Spirit operating and moving, you should have such a sensitivity that you are able to tap right on in and experience God in that moment. Because I believe that when you learn how to be more sensitive, you will experience instant change in your life. Amen? And then we talked about how to be more generous. And that's what we've been talking about because generosity has zero to do with how much money you got. You know, people say all the time, Pastor, if I had more money, I'd be more generous. I say, no, you wouldn't. You'd just be more stingy. Because generosity says, I'll give you half of my sandwich. I'll take that clothes that was on my back and give it to you and walk around cold. Generosity is so much bigger than your resources. And that's why we talked about how to have a more generous spirit so that when we get to those moments where we have an opportunity to bless God and do right by God and to bless the less fortunate and see the kingdom of God advance, it does not aggravate us, but it motivates us. To say, God, I know that there is more of that from where that came from. Whatever you release, you're going to increase in our life. And that's what we talked about, more generosity. And to do all of those things, you can be all tuned into the spirit and know what's going on and be sensitive and all of that. But then God told us to make sure we walk in more obedience. Somebody shout obedience. Because you can hear what the spirit is saying to you, but not be obedient to it. And we don't want you to live it. Partial obedience is disobedience. And we talked about that. And then we talked about yesterday morning how to add to your faith, how to be more faithful. That if you want to be more effective and more productive in the kingdom of God, that your initial faith at salvation, when you make that confession, there is another step that you have to make a commitment to God and begin to walk more faithfully with him. But there are characteristics and virtues that we must add to our faith so that we are more effective. And that's why you got believers, we've given our heart to Christ, but we don't feel God's power in our life because we have it consistently and daily. The Bible talks about it in increasing measures, we ought to add to our faith a few things. And we talked about that on yesterday. We're not going to go through all that today. You got to get the clip. But I want you to know that all of that culminates at the end of that walking in that faith. It says to be more effective and to also understand how to walk in God's love. And that's what this season really represents to us. It doesn't just say, God, I'm waiting for what's under the tree or what gift I'm going to bring. But I acknowledge that I received the best gift of all. And that is of Jesus Christ. Would you say Amen. I mean, honestly, oh, you, you can clap for him. You can clap for him. He's worthy. He's worthy of celebrating. And that's why this Christmas season kind of messed me up because it was like, we want all the gifts, but we will, you know, it was really gifts being brought. 
It was us being presented. We were bringing things in. So many times we're looking for what we're receiving, but the gift of salvation and love that came down by way of Jesus Christ was the most amazing love. And today, real quickly, I want to talk about the power of love. The power of God's love. Somebody shout the power of God's love. And when I talk about that and explain that, that lets us all know that God's love has power and God's love has the potential to give us power. See, when you're trying to overcome some things, hurt, difficulties, and despair, you need to, you need to when you operate in the spirit of God, sensitivity to God, generosity, more of obedience to God, you'll be able to operate in the love that God really requires for every one of us. When love came down by way of Jesus Christ, it gave us the most expression, the best expression ever of what love really looks like. Now, this is literally, when I, I want you to turn to 1 John chapter 4. That's where we're going to draw emphasis at for the next few moments. And when I read John chapter 4, 1 John, I'm sorry, 1 John chapter 4, and so as I was looking at this, you, you can look at the first three letters on your own time, and we've been sharing throughout this week how you need to go back and look at the Word of God and just let that thing speak to you even the more. But in 1 John chapter 4, the writer John here, this is about the third time that he emphasizes this love. And I was thinking to myself, and I said, well, John, this is a lot. To talk about, you read chapters 2, 3, 1, 2, and 3, and well, 2 and 3, it really emphasizes this love, and it brings this love to life. And I'm like, well, well, John, this is a lot of talk. And some may assume or could assume that maybe John just was running out of stuff to say. But in this moment, when I read this particular John chapter 4, it was a greater emphasis on what he was trying to discuss in the previous chapters. It's, it's literally the third time that he talks about this because it shows us a demonstration and it gives us an extra emphasis on our understanding of what love is. Why is this important? It's because love is the central focus of our faith. It's the central focus. You can have tongues of men and of angels, but if you don't have love, it's a, it's a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. In other words, you can, you, can, you can talk in tongue, but you can't say I love you and treat people right. That's what God is trying to let us know, that it's not good for you to exemplify all of the things that represents me, but you're not centrally focused on what it requires to love. And that's why love is our central focus. Why? Because this text, it proves and provides us with an impactful message about the nature of God, his love, and love's transformative power in our lives. Love transforms. It's the greatest motivator. It encourages every believer to love not just themselves, but others and those around us because that shows God's original, original intent for love. And so those who truly love God will exhibit love to others. I'm not talking about thank you, love God. But when you truly love God, you exhibit that same type of love to others and those around you. See, I found out this, that God love is just not some intellectual acquaintance. It's not something that we just have in our head, like I, I just think I love or I, I, I may assume I love. To know God is to be in deep relationship with him. 
Because many people, I, I run into people all the time, and they say, not all the time, but most of the sometime, and they'll, they'll be like, well, I don't feel like I got to go to church or, you know, have a relationship with God to really show love to people. I said, well, that, that's not, that don't make no sense. Because some may say, you know, and they would even argue that you can't tell me I don't love my kids. I ain't got to be saved and sanctified to, to love my children. You can't tell me I don't love my wife and my husband or those that, I, my, that are around me, that those my rider dies. I sacrifice for them. And let me tell you something. That, that may sound true. It may sound right in that, in that moment. But it's still conditional. It's still circumstantial. I know you, I don't, I don't care if you know Jesus or not. I promise you people say that themselves. I love my child. Yes, you can. And that's a, that's a fact. That's a fact, but it may not be the truth if you don't know the truth bury himself. Because you're going to find yourself, I promise you, somebody's going to do something in your life that can cause you to say, you know what, I thought I, want, I, thought I loved them. That friend may turn their back on you and you, that love is lost. You may say no love lost, but love can't be lost. But when you start understanding this love that Jesus gives, it goes to a place so far than where we can go. And that's why the love that the world is lacking, here is this, it's the personal experience with God. If we never have experienced God love, can I be honest with you? You really don't know how to love. Not love, right? If you never experienced God love for yourself, that love, I'm telling you, at the end of the day, it'll turn into something superficial, something a little shaky, and... It may not hit hard at times when you think it's supposed to happen. And so I want to make sure that we understand today that the love of God has to be in our hearts in order for us to love right. Somebody say amen. And I need you to know that because that's important because you can love and you can love, you can give love, you can show love, but until you experience God love, you only can reciprocate that which you have received. And this is what John chapter, first John chapter 4 really lets us know. Let's look at this real quickly. In first John chapter 4, let's go to verse number 7. It talks about a whole lot of stuff in the first six verses, but I want to emphasize this. It says, dear friends, let us love one another. Now, this is what I thought about for a second. It says, let us love one another. And this is the argument right here because people think, I don't have to love God to love somebody. But in order for you to love them right, you're going to have to love God right. And it says here, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from who? Love comes from who? So God, so, so our expression of love isn't, because God isn't, love isn't God, God is love. Like love comes from God. In order for you to even open your mouth and say I love someone and really, really mean it, your relationship with, with, with God has to be right. Because I promise you, 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 you probably could experience some point in your life before you understood this love, how easy it is for it to evaporate and disappear. He said, for love come from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Somebody shout, I know God. So that's important, right? Because it says everyone, not somebody. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. 
And that's why I tell you, this is not an intellectual experience or an acquaintance with God. This is a knowing. This knowing has everything to do with our relationship with him. I promise you, you may, if you ain't in the right relationship with somebody, I promise you, you'll question whether or not you know or you know you love them or not. You'll be like, well, I don't know you that good to love you that way. That's why knowing God and your relationship with him is so important. It says in verse 8, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into this world, to the world, that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Would you say amen to that? So real quickly, I want to look at the source of love. Somebody shout the source of love. So anytime you're trying to figure out how to love right, you got to make sure you tap into the God's source of love. The verse 7 and 8 talks about let us love one another because love comes from God. It reminds us that love originates from God himself and it isn't just a human emotion, but rather a divine attribute that flows from us that represents the very nature of God. We got to make sure we tap into the source in order for us to ever express or emphasize the love. It emphasizes that those who love God know God. There's always an example in our love action of how we know God. You know, one of the things that when we were out there yesterday, the thing that I didn't want people just to know we was bringing food. I wanted them to know that God loves them. By our actions, it was a, a point in that moment where folks had the opportunity to experience God's love through our actions. But if we didn't know, know God right, we only would have saw it as a photo op. A camera opportunity. I had people reach out to me, crew, camera I said, no, because I need for sure for the people of God to know, or those that were out there, to know that God's love exists. That there was a God that was looking out for them. That there was a love that was expressed to every, through every one of our actions that when those that met us or came in contact with us, they didn't see us looking at them any old kind of way. How many know when you can tell when some folks don't really love you? They be looking at you funny. They look like you don't supposed to be here. Like they doing you a favor. But when you got the love of God on the inside of you, you can sense that love. It permeates from people, I mean, very being, and that's what we want to represent because we tapped into the source of love. That is of God. Love, his love is unconditional, sacrificial, it's limitless, and it goes beyond human comprehension. It prompts us to focus on the source of love because we are prone at times to look for love in all the wrong places. Amen to that, somebody. I promise you, you can, we, we, we've been pro our natural tendency is look for love from, in, in places that may not be able to give us love. I mean, I'm telling you, you, you know, heard songs written about it, how we are always looking for love in all, all the wrong places. But when you find God, that's when you find love in the right place. 
And God, that, that dwell will lead you to better decisions. It will cause you to love others right. Because anytime you find love in the wrong place, you're going to love wrong. But when you find it from the right source, you're going to love right. Amen? But also I hear that in the text, it talks about the expression of love. Somebody shout the expression of love. The verse number nine says, this is how God love show, this is how God showed his love among us. See, God could have just sat up there in heaven and said, man, let them stay in their sins. Let them stay doing whatever they want to do. Let them perish. But he so loved us, even though we were yet sinners, the Bible says he loved us. I'm so glad about it. I don't know about you, but I'm glad about it. He says he sent his one and only son into the world that we may live through him. This love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for us, for our sins. The sacrifice that God did when he sent Jesus into this world, this is what messed up my mind at times, right? Especially during this season. I can't figure out, this messes me up every, every Christmas season, how folks who don't love God celebrate Christmas? I can't figure it out. I mean, it's folks that got trees, they got, they got, they, they, they dressed up, they buy all the gifts, they put Christmas up. I mean, and they don't even look. I mean, folks that say they don't even believe a God but still celebrate his. I mean, this is the only day that permeates around the whole world. That's how you know our faith is great. That's why we get criticized. If somebody else says something about another faith, people don't even care. They won't say nothing. But when you talk about being a Christian, but I can't understand how people who don't love God will celebrate Christmas. Come on, old man, he's the... But then deny his love for your life. I can't understand it. It's through this selfless act that we come to understand that the true nature of love is freely given. And that's why you always know that people don't really understand the reason for the season because they always want something and not freely given. They always want, what you got for me? If you don't give me something, you must don't love me. Some of y'all relationships on the line right now with your children. If you don't give them what they want, your love is questioned. That's why you got to learn how to give them Jesus. Y'all hear what I'm saying? I know I, that's why I got him in here, because I want them to know. It may not be what you, what you want under the tree tomorrow, but you got to be glad your mom and daddy bring you to church to learn more about Jesus so you have something that will sustain your life. I mean, you're, some of y'all here are hostage. You're going to go broke today. Some of y'all going to be in that mall this afternoon. You can't wait for church to end. Your love is on, but when you teach people how to know, you won't be, your, your expectations change because you understand the real expression of love and what it really feels like. I'm not telling you not to get them, that's not what I'm saying, but don't, put, don't let it be a test of your love because that ain't what your love is about. It's about making sure they have a known relationship with Jesus, not Santa Claus. Amen. The, the same energy you spend teaching them about this, red, this, this man in the suit, you can teach them about that man named Jesus. I'm serious. How to love him right. How to be in relationship with him. And to know him as the author and the finisher of, of their faith. I know you think they ain't old enough, but they old enough. They know what they want and make sure they know they, know they need to fall in love with Jesus. So they understand the true expression of what love feels like. 
So they'll be able to grow up and express that love to friends and not, not, be, not, not be selfish in any way or think of themselves or be self-centered, but understand that Jesus is the center. And that's important because when you learn how to understand the source of love and express love, you'll respond to love. This is the response to love. Somebody shout the response. What is your response? When you experience God, what do you say? And it says in verse 11, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This text, y'all, makes a bold statement concerning the reciprocal nature of love, urging us as believers to mirror God's love by loving one another. It emphasizes that while God is unseen, his presence and manifesting his love through us is how God is seen in the earth. You see, when we love one another, we become vessels through which God's love is made complete and evident in the world. This is a challenge to all of us in this room and those that's watching today. Can we really reciprocate the love of God? That's why I tell you all the time, you can't be a mean Christian and really love God. You can't be. Like, you, it's no way that the love, the love that you know God is that you can treat people any old kind of way. There's no way that you can walk by your family and friends and not speak. I mean, oh, God, I love you, but I can't say nothing to you. God who is not seen, we say we're so in love with him, but we see people right in front of our face and don't show them no love. Act like we don't like them. Don't pay attention to their needs and try to make sure that, man, that those around us will feel the love that God has shown us. So I ask this question today as we just get up out of here and get to our next place, is that what will be your response? Look at your neighbor and say, what will be your response to the love that God has shown you? Look at another neighbor and say, what will be your response to the love that God has shown you? Look at somebody behind you and say, what's your response? To the love that God has shown you. Love somebody better this season. Show the love that entered this earth and make the earth see that love is evident in your life. That's why that last part it says no one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, look what happens. God lives in us. Somebody shout God lives in me. And his love is made complete in us. See what happens is that when God is complete in you, when God's love is exhibited in you, so you ain't got to worry about nobody else. I know you worry about everybody, looking at everybody else, making sure they're doing right. No, you make sure you're right. Because what happens, when you make sure you're right, we be right. That's how love, God's love will become complete in us when you worry about your love relationship with him. If you worry about getting it right for yourself and not everybody, because you know that people can worry about everybody else and not worry about themselves. So I want you this season, I, I want to get my love relationship right with you so that our relationship will be right. When people see the body of Christ, when people see the church of Jesus Christ, they will sense and experience and feel the love that only God can feel. That's why I pray that when you walked in this building today, you felt nothing but love that was expressed by every person here today. And I'm just so grateful and thankful to be able to express a little bit during this season. Would you stand with me today? God's love. I want to thank God for this, the love that has been shown this week. 
I saw I peeped over there. I saw Miss Aida. I want to thank them, man, Amazing King, uh, Children's Kingdom for showing some love with us, man, this season. Y'all give them a hand, man. That was, they, 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 they let us use their kitchen. Man, they showed us a major love, man. They help us show love to the community. See, that's how we, we have to partner with people who love like we love. And that's when I looked over there, I said, man, thank you for partnering with our love. When I first expressed that moment, I said, I said, all I want, I don't know how we're going to pay for it. But I feel this love that needs to be shown to our community in a different way in my heart. And when I tell you, when you desire to show love, God will give you an opportunity to do it. Some of y'all are presented every day with opportunity just to love the person in your house. The people on your job. Some of your neighbors you ain't never talked to. But I pray that this season that you will show more love. Somebody shout more love. That's why we have been fasting and praying for more. Because God, we don't just want more of your spirit and you know, we don't just declare that we're going to be more obedient, but we ain't going to show more love. More than you have been showing. And I declare that today in this room and around this world that our stance will be more love. Would you lift your hands where you are? Here's an opportunity as well to present to us a Savior that loved us more than ourselves. One that looked beyond our faults. That truly loved us unconditionally. I share this all the time with us and, and I hope that you can do your own homework and tell me if it's true or not for yourself. There's nowhere in the Bible that you can find why God loves us. Nowhere in his word or in scripture that you can find why he loves us. Because if you ever find that scripture, show me, but you never will because if you find it, you'll also find his condition. He loved us without a why. He loved us without a condition or a stipulation. So I'm saying that just to say this, because he loved us without a reason, it's, it makes it so easy to love him back. He loved us with no strings attached. Even though we were dead, the Bible says, in our transgressions, yet did he love us. He loved us. Oh, how he loves us. He loved us so much that he gave his only son for us. And I tell you this, right? This is love, right? And I said earlier, you don't have to be a Christian to love, but I promise you, no matter if you are or not, you won't give your son up. You won't give your kid up. But he so loved us that he released his only son to come and be an atonement for our sins, to redeem us back to him, to give us the right to the tree of life. So today I'm grateful. I'm honored to be able to present to you today a Savior that loves you like nobody else. Look at your neighbor today and ask them this question. Say, do you know God loves you? And do you love him back? Look at another person. Say, do you know God loves you? And do you know him back? And just shout, say, show it then. This is going to be the season to show. This is going to be the season to show that love. And maybe there's somebody here today that never made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. And ask them to be in your heart and to forgive you of their sins. Today I want to give you an opportunity to make that public confession. 
Would you just say with me, if you never have, a matter of fact, those around you want to encourage you as well, and say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of any sin. Cleanse me of any unrighteousness. I believe that you died for my sins and that God raised you from the grave with all power in your hands. I believe that and receive that from this moment and forever. Fill me with Holy Spirit to direct me, to guide me into a full life in Christ from this day and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, declare a clap right there. I think we good. I think we good. We out it. Oh, hey, amen, amen, amen. I think, think that, uh, kids, I know, man, that our parents, y'all got them, and big crime babies don't bother me. That's this new life. Amen. And I thank God so much for you all. I appreciate you all. I don't know if I prayed over the offering yet, but would you go ahead and stretch your hands out like this? Giving and receiving looks the same. What you cannot tell is whether we're giving or we're getting. And I declare the day a perpetual, a constant flow of God's resources in your life. We were talking about that generosity this week, and I got excited about it. That's why I'm going to release the way I'm going to release today because it told us that a generous person will prosper. That a generous person, not might. And if God ain't prospering your life, you may want to check your generosity. That's what excites us about being generous. It's not, I tell you, it's not about your giving. It's not equal giving, it's equal sacrifice. It may not mean, a, it, may, it may seem a lot to somebody, a little to somebody, but you make sure your heart is right. And that's why giving and receiving, you cannot tell whether we're getting because God has a constant flow of his goodness over your life. But sometimes we can get weary in doing well because y'all say with me today, there is more of that from where that came from. Whatever I release, God will increase. Whatever I relinquish, God will replenish. Shout it with me. Say, God, my character matches my currency. I'm a blessed person and my money matches me. So bless me accordingly. Y'all, here's the founder prayer and benediction. Lord, as we leave this place, but never from your presence. If, you, if you're here for the first time as well, join us in the hospitality suite. Or if you want to make rock face into your home, God bless you. Connect. Oh, amen. I was about to get out of here. Thank you, baby. Thank you. I, 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 I was giving benediction. She said communion. Y'all forgot about communion. Y'all forgive me. Thank y'all for reminding because y'all didn't want to just congregate, huh? We got to commune with God. Thank you for stopping me. Don't, don't stop the broadcast yet. Don't stop the broadcast yet. Amen. But God, I appreciate y'all. I appreciate I receive. I receive that correction. Amen. I can't leave out here without communion coming under common union. Man, I was, I was trying to get out of here. But God bless y'all today. We appreciate you all so much uh, for recognizing why we've gathered. Look at this sacrifice we're representing and assembled for today. Would you go ahead and remove the bread? If you have not received one, the ushers have one in hand. They probably gave you one while you're walking in. Um, but they'll serve you kindly today as well. We thank God so much for the sacrifice in Jesus Christ. If it had not been for him, where would we be? It was on that night in which Jesus was betrayed that he took bread, he broke it, he gave it to his disciples, and he told them, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. 
But here's the awesome part about this sacrifice. It teaches us how to love like Christ. You got to release stuff that people have not apologized for yet. That's what art is. You can't drink and eat this unworthily. You can't still be holding a grudge and drink this and, 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 and participate in this sacrifice. So right now, I need you to let it go. Even if the person is next to you, let it go. They may not have apologized yet, but God had to forgive folks for not knowing what they do. And so God, I thank you today for showing us the example of what love looks like. It was on that night in which he was betrayed. He took this bread, broke it, gave it to the disciples and told them as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of him. So would you raise your bread, declare these words, thank you Jesus for your body. Thank you God for sending him. We do this now in remembrance of Jesus. Let's break bread and eat. The wine, the precious, precious blood of the lamb that washed away the sins of this world. We do know that without the shedding of Jesus' blood, there would be no remission of sins. So tell me, what washes away our sins? What makes us whole again? Even though our sins may be red, this blood has the power to wash whiter than snow all of our sins now and forevermore. And so we are so grateful today would you look at your neighbor and shout to them, this blood is for you. Look at another neighbor and shout, this blood is for you too. Raise your glass and declare with me, thank you Jesus for shedding your blood for me on Calvary. We do this now in remembrance of Jesus. Come on, let us drink together. And see, one of the reasons I, I asked to postpone uh, communion to the end, because this is the end of our fast. Remember that end? Amen. That, that, that's, that, that's why I was so focused on getting out. Amen. Amen. Y'all were too excited about that. Y'all give yourselves a hand for doing so well during this time of fasting. Amen. 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 Boy, we starving. I know. I know. Amen. And so we've been empty all day. And so that's why I didn't do it earlier, because we were broken to fast in the middle of the service. And so we, uh, we wanted to make sure we get off the fast, um, being totally obedient to the will of God. And this culminates that fasting period. I thank God so much for each and every one of you, man, taking the time to sacrifice your appetites all week long to experience more of God. Amen. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to say the final benediction and your grace. Amen. Amen. Let's pray out today. Father, Lord, as we leave this place, never, ever, ever from your presence. God, thank you so much for this period and time of prayer and fasting, but also, God, this season with you. I know that maybe, God, this was a season that was difficult during the holidays to do something, but God, that, makes, that would make the sacrifice that much greater. And God, thank you for doing great things in our life. And now, God, I ask that whatever we do after this moment, every meal we receive, we will not overly indulge, but God, we will do sensible things that will cause us to still be cognitive of what you've done this week. We honor you, we praise you, we magnify you. In Jesus' name, God bless y'all. Go in peace. Love y'all.